Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everyone, hi everyone out there in um, progressive property land and uh, welcome, welcome to everyone who's out there in property sourcing profit lands as well. So I've, um, I've had some really interesting conversations over the last two, three days with clients initially, uh, deal packaging clients, clients who have bought properties and they're worried about the circumstances out there in the real world, the real world issues, which is going to affect us and our businesses as deal packages, yes, but as property investors, property investors. And then the reason why I decided to do this live and um, talk about this subject today is because I've had one or two of my friends, and, and when I say friends, uh, these were people who were originally students, they were delegates, then they became mentees, then they built great property businesses, now they are friends. And uh, a few things came out in the conversation that I think you might benefit from hearing in this few minutes that uh, I'm going to be talking to you, uh, because it's it's really, really important. Uh, so here's the point, guys. We have to find a balance. We've got to find a balance today between our private business needs and our public consciousness, our public awareness, awareness our moral compass, we are all in property, I believe. Sure, we want to make money. I get it. But we are in property, I believe, to serve, to serve other people, to serve our tenants. For me personally, my business took off once I realized the power, the responsibility that we have as property owners and the need to provide great, warm, dry, safe accommodation for our tenants and their families. But here's the thing, guys, when the shit hits the fan, right, we are going to be left to sort it out. We're going to have to pick this up. Now, I'm going out on a bit of a limb here, team, because I understand that later today I'm recording this on uh, Tuesday, the 15th, is it, of uh, March 2020. Uh, I'm going out a bit of a limb because I understand that the Chancellor is going to announce later today, after I've recorded this, a, a package of benefits which might help us in our journey as property investors, as landlords. Here's the thing, team. I have no faith that in that package, landlords are going to be prioritised as someone who's going to need help. So I've seen it before. You know, I was around in 2008. Now, I know many of you watching this will have been around in 2008, but we've got so many people in our community who were not around in 2008. They've only had the good times. Really, David? Really? 2010 to now, were they good times? Well, do you know what someone once, very wise man once said to me, David, you only know the good times were the good times when they finished and you're in the bad times, right? So uh, the good times for the time being have finished, I believe. And... Um, it's all been triggered by the coronavirus and how we react to it. So I'm going to try and give you some tips. I'm going to try and give you some tips. One big tip today to help you run your portfolio so it works for you and works for everyone else. Now, those of you with a great service mentality, you've got to understand where I'm coming from here. Because yes, we're there to serve others. Yes, we are there 
to help people when they need help because we've put ourselves in a position where we can help but we've got to help ourselves first you've got to be strong to give strong and uh, i'm a bit concerned that if we just don't adjust this moral compass setting that we all have within ourselves over the next 12 18 months things are going to get messy i don't want things to get messy for you so here's the thing we have been property investors we talk about property investing we teach property investing and uh, yes we teach landlording as well right but when types are good maybe the focus moves away from landlording maybe we think too much about property investment and the upside and the upside and the upside and uh, we know an awful lot about how to get creative finance how to how to acquire property with a minimum investment how to how to use our education to increase the yields and, and cash flow from a property but in the times of good maybe we don't focus so much on being a landlord and at the end of the day we are landlords i mean i've seen in this thread this morning people who are doing more advanced strategies are falling back to letting to hmo they're going to have tenants they're going to run tenants you need to run your tenants do not let your tenants run you so cash flow is king the best way you can protect yourself in uh, 2020 going forward into 2021 how who knows how long is uh, this is going to last personally pause i'm not convinced it's going to last that long i think this could be over as quickly as uh, it began i was around for the uh, recession of 1981 and it was recession 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 it was all in the news and it was good it was here it's going it was hammering recession recession every day and we got up one day and it was all over like it just stopped okay so uh, a lot of it i think is about mindset you've got to batten down the hatches until we wake up one morning and say actually this has gone away now let's get moving okay so i'm going to try and help you this is one of a series of videos i'm going to do about landlording unpopular term right but when you cut all the rubbish away we are landlords you have got to be a decent landlord so the number one question that came to me from my conversation with half a dozen property investors i've been working with and my friends who have been students mentees and have now got their own property business is what happens david what happens if my tenants don't pay the rent really um what do you do how much slack do you cut them here's the thing guys uh this is a bit of a refresher and if you haven't done this then you need to do this from now and you may have to take action going forward that is unpopular not with everyone else not only with everyone else but also with yourself in your heart right but maybe we're talking about survival for the next 12 18 months and this is what you need to do so here's the thing if you're setting up a new tenancy you have to have a guarantor for every single tenant you need a property owning guarantor but david might you know where i work my tenants aren't like that they you know they cut off from their families they you know they're on piecework they haven't got enough numbers to qualify you're a few quid short every month on the on the credit check thing you know what i'm talking about and um over the last few years maybe we've accepted people like that as tenants or maybe we haven't pushed them hard enough maybe we need to push them a little bit harder yes we're going to do some pushing team we are 
but we're going to survive this and that, so we need to have a push. So if you've got a tenant profile that doesn't quite meet the income criteria to move into one of your rooms, into one of your houses as a tenant, you've got a pushback. Why? Why should the onus? Why should the onus be on the property investor, on the landlord, on the to take all the locks, all the knocks uh, are going forward here, right? I think we are entitled to say to prospective new tenants, you can have the property, but you're a bit short, right? We need mum to guarantee you. We need dad to guarantee you. We need your employer to guarantee you. We need your brother to guarantee you, right? You need. We need to know. When we lay our heads on the pillow every night, if the tenant can't pay the rent, and st stuff happens, I get that, right? If the tenant can't pay the rent, we can go to the guarantor. Because here's the truth, guys. I have been knocked by tenants over the years. I have, right? I've never been knocked by a guarantor. Now, they might not have been happy, and they might have wriggled and squirmed, and they might have paid incrementally over time. But a guarantor has never, ever knocked me in my business they will never knock you as well so new tenants going forward do not put a tenant in place unless they've got a guarantor and if they can't find the guarantor i haven't got a guarantor go and walk the streets and find the guarantor okay you need a guarantor this is for us guys as landlords need a guarantor and if they can't find the guarantor the next person will find the guarantor i would rather have one of my properties empty for another month than take on a tenant who hasn't got a guarantor in today's marketplace. So there's turmoil, there's problems, there's all sorts of things going out there. There are billions and billions and billions of pounds in the UK today. They know someone who can help them. They're looking for us to help them. You know, they all scrub up nicely at the front or front end when they're making an application for a tenancy, right? So, you know, let's keep them scrubbed up all the way through, right? It's easy for them to relax when they are in situ. So get yourself a guarantor. So maybe our skills have been too much property investor, not enough a landlord. What if, what if you can't find, uh, forgive me, that's the wrong question. The question I'm meant to ask is what if you've ex got existing tenants? So we've dealt with new tenants. Don't, do not, do not take a new tenant without a guarantor. We fixed the problem, okay? What if you've taken on uh, existing tenants over the last five, six, seven years, whatever, without a guarantor, and now their work is interrupted and they can't pay? They can't pay. What do you do? Well, I think it's a question of scale. Of course we want to help others. We are human beings, right? We have conscience. We are members of our society. But, 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 the bank isn't going to let you off your mortgage, guys. And if they give you a short mortgage holiday, the interest is going to run up. It's a cost to you, okay? And if they give you a short mortgage holiday, is it going to affect your credit rating going forward? Is it? Probably will. That's my experience from 2008, 91, 81, 74, 1981, all that malarkey, right? So you've got to be really, really careful here. You have to efficiently run your property business. So section eight, I'm going to talk section eight to you now. Section eight, many of you know what section eight is. Many of you know kind of what section eight is. And many of you know kind of what the mechanics are. But this is this goes back to my initial premise, right? We've all been taught 
to be property investors and maybe not focus so much on the landlording bit. So I'm going to talk about section eight for the rest of uh, this slide, and then I'll come back with some other tools that you can use going forward. Okay, so let's assume you know the overview of section eight. Section eight notice is served, can be served on a tenant when they are two months behind in their payments. And somebody who I've got massive time and respect for yesterday, who, who has got great education in property and built a great property business now and has got many tenants, said to me, what am I going to do, David? I'm going to lose two months, two months payments before I can do anything. Okay, here's the truth, guys. Write this down. If you're driving, don't write it down. But when you stop driving, write it down. Here's the truth. Section 8. What Section 8 has been interpreted by the courts to mean is that you don't have to wait two months. You don't have to wait eight weeks. You can serve a Section 8 on the second missed payment. Let me qualify that. Okay. So they miss a payment, rent payment. And then 30 days later, a month later, whatever it says in the tenancy agreement, they miss another payment. So it could be, depending on which month of the year it is, right, could be 31 days. Okay, let's say it's 31 days. You don't have to wait another month before you issue a Section 8. Day 32, you issue a Section 8. You send it off to them. You need to update your systems in your property business so that you are ready to do this. Liaise with the NLA, the RLA, they've got really good uh, advice lines. Seek advice in this community. There are professional landlords as well as property investors in this community. We can help you with this. So we're now 32 days in. We've got our Section 8. What Section 8 notice does is give the uh, tenant 14 days to bring matters up to date. Let's say that now, usually, I have to say usually, it certainly prompts some contact, contact from the tenant. Uh, and then you get a bit of a, you get some money coming in. You do, or at least an attempt to pay. That's cool. Okay. If you get nothing to nothing at all after 14 days, so day 15 after you've served the notice, we're now on day 47 since the initial uh, rent wasn't paid, you can make an application to the court. So after 47 days from missing your first payment, you have a court date. Now that might be a little bit in the future, but you have a court date. It's going to focus everybody's minds. Okay, You are taking care of business team. This is what you are doing. Now, go to the hearing. Go. Make sure you go. Okay, you've got to go and sit in front of the judge. Who, by the way, and I've done it, right? I used to do all my own. I haven't had to do it for a little while, but I'll, you know, I'll do it. When you go and sit in front of the judge, you are not sitting in a big court in front of a judge with a wig and all that. No, 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 that's not how it rolls. In fact, you're probably not sitting in front of a proper judge. You're probably sitting in front of a local solicitor, local barrister who's acting up as a recorder. They want to be a judge. They're not there as a judge yet. And you're not sitting in court. You're sitting in an office. You're sitting at a table. And I have never done one of these. Other people may have done. And my respect to your uh, experience. I've never done one of these when the tenants turned up. So I've basically been there on my own with a very nice man or lady who wants to be a judge, right? And we talk about stuff. So why am I telling you that? I don't want you to be intimidated by going to court for a Section 8. You can do it. It's, it's cost-free. have to park the car, pay for the car park, okay? 
You're in court, you're talking to the judge, you go through the process, you prove your numbers. You have to prove your numbers, okay? That's uh, a different episode. If you proved your numbers, and at the date of the hearing, the tenant is still two months, two missed payments in arrears, the judge has no discretion. They have to grant you a possession order. They have to. Now, they might wriggle and squirm a bit, because the thing about judges is they like to tell everybody else what to do. They don't like being told what to do. So they'll dig the books out, right? But here's the thing about the books. You'll know by the time you sit in that court more about Section 8 than the judge does. He or she will dig the books out. And they wriggle and squirm. But if, if your tenant is two months in arrears, you have to. You have to get the possession order. There is no discretion, Okay. Here's another one, little Dave's top tips. Here's one of Dave's top tips. This is this, I missed this first time I did it. Don't make sure, make sure you don't miss it. Make sure when you go into the court and sit with the judge, nice lady, nice man, whoever it is, that you know what your day rate is on the tenancy agreement. You know what the rent per day is. Because there's a gray period between getting the court order and getting possession of the building. Okay, now you might have to wait a couple of weeks, right? The, the, the judge will probably give you 14 days, maybe 28 days before you get possession. So you have to wait 14 days. After the 14 days, if the tenant is still there, and it's extremely unlikely at this point, in my experience, not saying it never happens, in my experience, very rare. Uh, after 14 days, you apply to the local bailiff to go and get you possession. I've attended those meetings uh, at the house with the bailiff. The tenant has never been there. We've gone in and um, changed the locks, okay? So we've come a long way, team, right? We've now got possession of our property. Do not rent that property again to a tenant who has not got a property-owning guarantor. The guarantor is your best way to guarantee, that's what the word's about, that you get paid. Now, if the when the tenant defaults on the rent and they have a guarantor, copy the guarantor into every bit of paperwork. So the section eight notice, the court application, everything, write to them separately. In my experience, you get approached by the guarantor uh, with a request to try and sort it out and bring matters uh, into line and bring everything up to date, okay? So here's the thing, if you're letting new today, Make sure you've got a property owning guarantor, otherwise you don't rent the, the property out, the house, the flat, the room, whatever, okay? If they say they can't get a guarantor, send them to walk the streets looking for a guarantor. They've got someone, team. There is someone who will help them. If there is no one else that would help them in the entire world, you can't help them either. This is where the moral compass gets a little bit stretched. We're not used to talking in these terms, but I'm telling you, you need to talk in these terms because when the bank comes for you, they will come for you and your tenant isn't going to help you then, okay? So new tenancies, we're going to get guarantors. Existing tenancies, you pursue them on the button. You get your systems in place. Section 8, 14 days, application to court, go to court and get it sorted out, okay? Big question, just to finish off, why Section 8 and not Section 21? couple of things about Section 8 versus Section 21. Um, 
a lot of letting agents don't use section eight. Don't even know the, the ins and outs of section eight. So you need section eight. Now here's the what I say, what I hear about section eight. Oh, I never use section eight, Dave. Never use it. Because if you go to court, you see, all the tenants got to do is bring their rent arrears below two months. So it could be one month and three weeks. You know, they just pay a little bit to get home. So that, but here's the thing. I'm I'm happy with that. My job has been, my work's been done then. Because if they're going to pay all the arrears and leave just seven weeks outstanding, that's fine. They can stay in. But here's the truth of it, guys. If they default, if they're late once more, and if a tenant has to go to that, if you're in that situation with a tenant, tenant, so that they have to bring it up today, right? What you're going to find is it won't be long before they default again. The minute they default again, you're straight into court. Okay, you don't have to go through the process all over again. Okay, the court order's been deferred, hasn't been cancelled. Okay, so it's like a time bomb, right? I'm not a bad person, I'm not greedy, I'm not um, uncaring, right? But tell you what I care about most I care about me and mine. You should care about you and yours. Make sure that you use the right paperwork and make sure you hit the right dates. Uh, and another reason, the other reason why you should use section 20, section 8 instead of 21, and I'm nearly at the end of this now, is section 21 does not have a money order. So section 21, you'll get possession, but you won't get an order for the money. You need an order for the money so that you can pursue it through the court, either against a tenant or against the guarantor. I hope this has helped. Gareth, I'm sure you're right. I hope that's helped. Section 8. Get on top of your landlording skills. Going forward, it's going to be more important to be a landlord than be an investor. Also, look at the value as a deal packager that you bring to your investors. People still want to invest. They want to invest into a downturn. That's where they perceive money being made. And let's be honest, they're right. You know, um, If you can impress your investor even more by showing them that you've got a grasp of the landlording skills and you can tell them what they need to put in place with their team, you're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. I'll see you very soon. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.